Well, well. Let's return back again. Terribly sorry for some of uh, the latest episodes that I created, where I was shrouding my own personal darkness. I believe these episodes are over. Right now, there's just going to be a only about history. I don't feel there's no need to broad that side of mine or more poetic side. I think I'll go to another podcast. In fact, I deleted some of them. Not all, but some of them. The latest ones. Which sucks, because I think they brought new people to it. But I just want to focus on really history, you know? Either recent uh, or ancient or anything that's trending. But anyway, let's create our saga of ancient apocalypse, where today we're looking to the Mesoamerican site Cholula, which was an important city of pre-Columbian Mesoamerica, dating back to at least the 2nd century PCA, with uh, settlements. Ah, with, a, uh, with settlement is a village going back at least some thousand years earlier. The site of Cholula is just west of the modern city of Puebla and served as a training outpost. Its immense pyramid is the largest such structure uh, in the Americas and the largest pyramid structure by volume in the world. Cholula was one of the key religious centers of ancient Mexico. Maybe to add something to it, we are now in the second, let's say, story arc about survivor in a time of chaos. Is in the civilizations that supposedly survived from the terrible incidents that happened during the last ice age. Of course, this is speculation, so I'm just going to read what are the information we have about that can give us an idea what the world was like at that time. So specifically about the location environment. Cholula is located at the Puebla Tlaxlacala Valley of the central Mexican highlands. It is surrounded to the west by the snow-covered peaks Popocatapetle and Iztacalchihuatl and Malinche to the north. The summer rainy season and the melted snow in winter provide a great environment for irrigation agriculture. There is also a confluence of several perennial streams with the Atoyac River that creates a wetland to the north and east of the Haban Senza. This has resulted in an abundance and excellent agriculture during the colonial period, which led to Cholula being known as the richest agricultural region in central Mexico. Maize is the major crop cultivated, but they also harvested maguey, shields and conchinal for dye. The soil is rich in clay, which made pottery and brick making an important part of their economy. Textiles and elaborate decorative capes were also popular. But what about its economy trades? And the way which led to their regional communications in ancient Mesoamerica. Cholula's strategical location in the center of the Mexican highlands gives it a prime place as a trade outpost. Here, trade routes connected the Gulf Coast, the Valley of Mexico, Tuacan Valley, and La Michteca Baja to Izucar de Matamoros. From there, trade routes went to the Pacific Coast, where the longer Pacific Coast communication and trade routes existed. Because of its location, Cholula served as a link center where primary trade routes and alliance corridors linked post-classic groups of Tolteca, Chichimeca kingdoms with southern Mesoamerica. Let's go for its style production, which of extreme importance for Cholula's economy. During the post-classic period, they were a common unit of tribute and exchange. Textiles were manufactured for local consumption and traded extensively by different merchants that frequented the city. Textile production accounts are provided by ethno-historical and ecological sources. Spanish writings from colonial times have noted their excellence in dyeing techniques and ability to dye wool threads in diverse colors to produce 
a variety of textiles. Some of the materials they used were cotton, which was probably imported from the Gulf Coast or Southern Puebla, and maggi, feathers, rabbit fur, tree silk, milkweed, and human hair that were all locally found. Artifacts such as spindle whorls found at uh, different site Loki provide evidence for extensive production of textiles in the site. These are rare from the formative and the classic periods, but become more prevalent in the post-classic. All in baked clay whorls may have been used during the early periods, but these are not preserved in archaeological records. The high concentration of spindle whorls recovered from Cholula, in comparison to other Mesoamerican sites, attests to the important role they play in their economy. Now let's take a good look to their history. Cholula grew from a very small village to regional center between Camanera uh, 600 and 700 Camanera. During these periods, Cholula was a major center contemporaneous with Teotihuacan and seems to have avoided, at least partially, that city's fate of violent destruction at the end of the Mesoamerican Classic period. The earliest occupation dates back to the early formative period. In the 1970s, Mountjoy discovered a little waterlogged deposit, deposit dating to the late middle formative period near the ancient lakeshore. Um, the earliest construction at Cholula dates to the late formative period. Initial stages of the Great Pyramid probably date to the terminal formative period and show stylistic resemblance to early Teotihuacan. Estimates suggest that during the formative period the site extended for about 2 square kilometers, with a population of 5 to 10,000. The classical period is known for the construction of the Great Pyramids. At least stages 3 and 10 were built during this period, and many other mounds of the urban zone, like the Cerro Cocoyo, Edificio Rojo, San Miguelito, and the Cerro Guadalupe, were also constructed at this point in time. The central ceremonial precinct includes the Great Pyramid, a big plaza to the west, and the Cerro Cocoyo as the westmost pyramid of the Plaza Group. Classical period Cholula most likely covered around 5 square kilometers and had an estimated population of 15 to 20,000 individuals. During the early post-classic there might have been an ethnic change, suggested by the influx of Gulf Coast motives and by the burial at the pyramid of an individual with Maya-style cranial modification and inlaid teeth. Cholula reached its maximum size and population during the post-classic period. It covered 10 square kilometers and a population of 30 to 50,000. During this period, ethnic changes divided the historical sequence into two phases, the Tlachihuatelpetl and Xolaland phases. The Tlachihuatelpetl phase, well, Camonera 700, uh, 1200 is named after the city of the Great Pyramid as it was recorded in the Historia Tolteca Chichimeca, ethno-historic source. During this phase, according to the ethno-historic accounts, Cholula was taken over by the Gulf Coast group known as the Homek Chincalanca, who made it their capital. From there, they controlled the high plateau of Puebla and Tlaxcala. Under this group, the potters of Cholula began to develop the fine polychrome wares that were to become the most popular vessels in all of ancient Mexico. In common era, 1200, Efting Chichimeca conquered Cholula. At this point, the patch of the altars was destroyed and the ceremonial center with the new pyramid of Quetzalcoatl was moved to the present Zocalo, main plaza of Cholula. Polychrome pottery from his face is a distinctive design configuration but was derived from the earlier styles. The lack of pottery also dates to this period. During this entire period, Cholula remained um, a regional uh, center of importance, enough so that at the time of the fall of 
the Aztec Triple Alliance. Aztec princes were still firmly anointed by Shololan priests. Sometime between 1200 and 1517, Shalula was conquered by the neighboring city-state of Tlaxcala. Therefore, compromising one of the three cities within the Hermes and Tlaxcala Triple Alliance. In uh, 5017, Shalula seceded from the Tlaxcala Triple Alliance, opting to join the far more powerful Aztec equivalent. In, fi- in uh, 1519, the Tlaxcalans led Cortes and his troops to Shalula to facilitate an act of retribution against the city for its betrayal. Shalula, which was south of Tlaxcala and farther southeast of Tecnotitlan, was out of the way to the Aztec capital, so its visit was a Tlaxcalan machination, not a Spanish one. After Cholula welcomed ceremony made of speeches and feasts, conquistador Bernal Diaz accounts that the Spanish soon became suspicious of the Cholulans' true intentions. According to Diaz, the Spanish were taken aback by Cholula's supposed trench and ungalls with anti-calvary spikes, alongside conspicuous piles of rocks found on Cholulan rooftops. Monterey revisionist historians such as Matthew Restal agreed that Lasha Callans successfully executed a plan to use the Spanish as a tool of political investment, persuaded Cortes into believing that the Cholulans were conspiring against him. Diaz alleges that, after feigning a Spanish departure in the city's central plaza to attract a large crowd of onlookers, Cortes suddenly announced that the Shalons had committed treason and thus had to be put to the sword. Blocking the edges of Shalons' great plaza, the conquistadores proceeded to massacre the enamored crown, an armored crowd, purportedly leaving no survivors. Simultaneously, Tlaxcala warriors who had previously been stationed outside of Shalons swiftly rushed through the city, case to sack it. Over the next four days, both Spaniards and Tlaxcalans alike raped, killed, pillaged, and burned in the city of Cholula, during which the Great Pyramid of Cholula was largely reduced to an earthly hill. No conquistadores died in the process, and Cholula consequently re-entered the Tlaxcala Triple Alliance. Its previous leadership was executed. Along with the rest of Tlaxcala territory, Cholula was peacefully transferred to the Spanish hands after the Spanish-Aztecs War's conclusion. A few years later, Cortes vowed that the city would be rebuilt with the Christian church to replace each of the old pagan temples. Fewer than 50 new churches were actually built, but the Spanish colonial churches are unusually numerous for a city of its size. There is a common saying in Cholula that there is a church for every day of the year. During the Spanish colonial period, Cholula was overtaken in importance by the nearly, newly founded Spanish city of Puebla. Great Pyramid of Cholula. Let's take a look at these, what is, might be one of the greatest pyramids in the world. Uh, which is located specifically. Actually, actually, its name might have an interesting name. Tlachuatelpetl is the largest pre-Hispanic structure in the world in terms of volume. It is the result of four successive superpositions. The first, Two from the classic periods, stage one measured by 130 meters, 394 feet, on the side and, and no foot, and was 70 meters, 56 foot high. The top platform measured about 43 meters, 141 foot square, and featured well remains of the temple precinct. The earliest pyramid exists the Talud tablet motif style and is painted with insets, resembling the Teotihuacan style. When the pyramid was originally built in 300 BCA, there were insets painted in black, red, and yellow on it. The second pyramid, which was built over the first one, no longer resembles Tuatuacan architectural style. Instead, it is a pyramid with stairs covering all four sides, so the top could be approached from every direction. It measures 5 
190 feet, 180 meters on a side. The exposed slopes of the pyramid are halved and a dome filled and represents last construction phase between CA 750 and 950. During the early post-classic period, the pyramid was expanded to its final form. It covered 16 hectares, 400 meters on the side, which is a height of 66 meters. The orientation of the Great Pyramids on all sides urban grids about 26 degrees north of west. A deviation from Teotihuacan's orientation. This orientation is aligned with the summer solstice. It may relate to the worship of a solar deity related to the Mixtec Seven Flower or Aztec Tunaketekuitli. Today, Cholula is still one of the most important pilgrimage destinations in Mexico. Around 350,000 people attend the new annual festival centered at the top of the Great Pyramids. The Great Pyramids of Cholula is still used because the Spanish put the church on top of it, a symbol of the religious conquest of the Aztec Empire. That makes it not just the largest pyramid in the world, but also the oldest continuously occupied building in North America. In the 20th century, the temple was tunneled by archaeologists. Four major and nine minor construction stages were revealed. These tunnels remain open to visitors and are stable because of the dough bricks that were used to build the pyramids. Let's focus on the heart. It was found in Sichi. The origins of the Mixteca Puebla statistic tradition appear and reflected the Gulf Coast influences. Polychrome poetry was already common by CA 1000-1000. It also resembles Gulf, Gulf Coast styles. The mural, known as the Drunkards, is a 600, it's 165 feet. 50 meters long polychrome mural with life-size human figures. The scene represents is one of the drinking and inebriation, but the liquids being ingested could have been derived from hallucinogenic mushrooms of ancient Mexico or peyote rather than alcohol. And finally, the figurines found on the hearts. Figurines in Cholula are prominent. An excavation located at the southern western extreme of the Universidad de las Americas in Cholula, one of the features was a 3.68 meters deep pre-Hispanic water well that kept post-classic ceramics and figurines, which accounted for most of the artifacts found. There were 110 figurines and no molds were found, although some molds have been found by other archaeologists in the area. Together with the figurines was a large amount of reconstructable broken figurines and others that were of over, fired or even blackened and burned. Also the princesses of Scoria, pigments, polishing tools, bowls of prepared clay and vitrified abode blocks suggest that these materials may have been waste products for a workshop in the neighborhood. The figurines usually represent deities like in many other Mesoamerican sites, but their shape is unique. They are facades of about 60 centimeters high. The front of the figurines are a fairly complex face and headdress set up on a plain trapezoidal pedestal. The back is very roughly finished and has a loop handle that has been seen to be the horizontal vertical di diagonal to the face. Although horizontal panels are the most common ones. Some of them are plain, but others have traces of a thin coat of stucco painted in yellow, red, back, back, I think he means black, brown, green, and pink. In Shabula figurines mostly represent the god Tlaloc. There have been at least six molds found that were used to produce Tlaloc figurines in the collection of the campus of the Universidad de las Américas, which can exhibit differences in size, proportion, and detailed elements of its portraits. Well, I hope you uh, guys enjoy this. Uh, it was an interesting look. I don't think this gives us much answers, but um, supposedly I, the, the link that I see more is more related to the, the ancient pre-Columbian peoples being somewhat conquered by conquistadores.
eventually, which is interesting. Um, Bakunat saved the pits in an ancient civilization and, and knowledge that has been carried or them surviving in ancient winter. In fact, what is found about ancient times before the, the common era is actually very little. It's far more modern, uh, the civilizations, in many aspects, than, uh, than being, well, not saying they're not ancient, they're ancient. Everybody, every culture in the world is somewhat ancient. But I think this is it. There's nothing much to, to add. Uh, if everything will went all right, tomorrow I'll focus on the Great Pyramids of Sholul.